Hosting for Your Tech Life, proudly provided by Web Central. Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want. all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is Your Tech Life episode. Um, I'm pretty sure it's 258, but the reason I'm not 100% sure is because I'm standing on the balcony of my hotel. I'm in Singapore uh, for OPPO, uh, the mobile phone company. I'll tell you about them shortly. Um, and I thought, you know, there's a bit of traffic in the background. I'm not sure if you can hear that, but uh, I'm literally standing on the balcony of my hotel um, talking into my iRig microphone. So we'll, a good test of the quality there as well, I think. Um, before we review that one. Um, here in Singapore, I've got a couple of great... We don't have calls this week because I'm in Singapore, but we'll be back to calls next week. So if you've got a question about technology, problem with technology, or you just want to have a chinwag about anything technology, jump onto the website, eftm.com.au, or uh, call 1-800-157-157. Jump onto Twitter at Trevor Long, twitter.com forward slash Trevor Long. Now, um, because we don't have calls, I've got a couple of great interviews for you this week, which I'll talk to you about shortly. But uh, Chief Marketing Officer of Lenovo, uh, David Ramon, and also the CEO and founder of Belkin. Um, the bloke would be a complete squillionaire, but he was the most down-to-earth person I've, I've interviewed in a very long time, Chet Pipkin. I'll bring you that interview also shortly. Um, this is Your Tech Life. We do it thanks to the good people at Garmin, Garmin Satellite Navigation, GPS Technology, and, of course, the Vivo Fit and Vivo Smart fitness bands uh, that you can uh, find in your re- leading retailers. Great products. Check them out. Garmin.com.au. Uh, we are here on Your Tech Life. Let's get cracking. Well, as I stand here on the ho- on the uh, balcony of my hotel room, um, just, I don't know, thought I'd stand up. You can hear cars in the background. What I'm actually looking down on is the Formula One circuit. This is what's frustrating me a little because I wasn't here, but uh, it is... Uh, a pretty stunning place, Singapore. It's um, you know so much of the land is was used to be water. It's reclaimed land, so they literally just built the land and, and built a city on it. Um, and then you got these beautiful streets. And um, as I say, the um, the streets in front of me are where the, the uh, Formula One circuit actually runs. So um, just sensational to look at. And the Marina Bay Sands uh, is uh, the huge three tower hotel you might have seen photos of with uh, what looks like a boat on top. We had lunch up there today, and it was spectacular. So um, if you've ever been to Singapore, you'll, you'll know it's a beautiful place. It's also bloody hot. So um, it's actually quite nice, probably probably 20 degrees right now, standing out here on the balcony, but a lovely evening. I walked back from um, the event I was at today a couple of kilometres, and, uh, yeah, I think I lost a few kilos uh, just in sweat on that one. So it was a muggy, muggy day, but um, all fun. I, I'm here uh, with the good people at... Oppo. Now, Oppo, O-double-P-O, you might be inclined to say Oppo, as I have been, but um, during the presentation today, I noticed very clearly that they are pronouncing it Oppo, and um, they've uh, they've been a mobile phone company now for a few years. They've been an electronics company for a lot longer than that. Had a bit of success with their phones around the world, but really taking on a bit of a push uh, in recent months, and uh, they've announced a couple of phones that have come to Australia, uh, available on their website, but Next year, a couple of new phones that were announced here today that'll that'll make it into the Asian market very soon, but um, into Australia next year. First one is the N3, the Oppo N3, Enfinelli. Uh, and if you know where I get the saying Enfinelli from, tweet me. Say hello, at Trevor Long. I'd love to know how many people are of my generation <laughs> um, uh, know why we say Enfinelli. There's a TV show um, where that was a uh, common thing to hear. 
um, after I got home from school every day. Anyway, um, I digress heavily. The N3, 5.5-inch um, smartphone, big thing. Um, not, not really a slim design at all. Um, pretty, pretty solid in the hand. Beautiful screen. But I guess the key feature of this is photography. This thing has camera sensors, camera features, camera lenses that are um, exceptional, and they should perform very, very well in the, in the real world. But also, the lens on top rotates. Now, that's not the first time Oppo's done that. They've got a camera, at a phone at the moment, where the lens, you just um, twist it with your fingers. You know, so the, front cam- the back camera becomes the front camera and vice versa. So you're actually using the power of the, the full megapixels in the, in the back camera. You can twist it around and make that your front selfie camera. So that's a really good feature. But with the N3, that's motorized. So by pressing a button on the screen or by f- swiping up on the screen or by using a, a small wireless remote, they call, I think, the O-click, um, you can actually make the camera twist. Now, you can see this on my uh, Twitter feed, at Trevor Long. Go to twitter.com forward slash Trevor Long. Um, just have a scroll back, look for um, the, the video that I posted of this uh, little camera. It's flicking around. It's sensational. Very cool thing. And you might wonder why. Look, when you're taking a selfie, the ability just to quickly flick the camera around is great, but also it allows you to um, to use the full resolution camera. So that's great. But for me, the number one feature, and I talked about this on Two Blokes Talking Tech, which we just recorded, so forgive me if you listen to both, but I'm only going to cover the Oppo launch here on Your Tech Life today. The rest of the tech news, if you're interested, uh, is on Two Blokes Talking Tech. The, um, the cool thing about this camera, I believe panorama photos if you've ever taken a panorama you know that you you open your camera you launch panorama mode and then you you start the photo and you you then start twisting your body around while you slowly and steadily hold the phone and and try and take a a a curve um, picture around and it stitches all those photos together you've got to hold it in the right line it tells you to move up move down slow down it's 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 difficult well with the oppo you just hold the camera still just hold the phone still press take photo in panorama mode and the lens moves so the whole phone stays still the lens moves right that's awesome because then add one other element like a tripod and with that tripod and imagine like i drive from la to vegas for ces in january um some beautiful scenery out there if i uh get a tripod and put the oppo camera on that tripod it will take sensational panorama photos, and I think that's what we're going to see here. But my problem is, I'm not sure panorama photos is a reason to buy a phone. So that's going to be their constant struggle with a lot of these companies, is, is finding great features, but then finding ways to make people buy them. So, excellent little phone, the N3. Um, that was kind of the anticipated device, but then um, somewhat unexpected, a second device, the, um, the Oppo R5. Now, the R5 is a 5.2-inch phone, uh, full high-definition uh, AMOLED display. Very, very nice. Beautiful design. Very flat and, uh, and thin and, and boxy. But also, more than thin, it's ridiculous. 4.84 millimeters. 4.85 millimeters, I think it might have been. doesn't matter. Uh, an iPhone 6 is 6.1 millimeters. That's thin. 4.85 millimeters. Now, that doesn't include the little camera lens, which juts out. And I'll have to check. I'm not sure the iPhone does either. So it may be the standard way of, of measuring these things. We'll, we'll give them that. But um, the R5, 
stupidly thin. Beautiful, beautiful phone, um, and uh, I think it'll go very well. The the N3 is going to be six forty nine in the US. The R5 will be four ninety nine. So you can expect you know add about a hundred hundred and fifty to those for the Australian prices. They won't be available in Australia till next year, early next year. Um, and you know we don't have retail channels or anything yet, but I think they'll do quite well. Look, you know the second, let alone third or fourth tier mobile phone market is tough. It's a challenge. And um, only time will tell who survives that in the long term. But I think Oppo have got a good chance because they're they're making beautiful devices. So well worth checking out. I'll put a few photos and um, other uh, bits and pieces up on uh, eftm.com.au and uh, be interested in your feedback on that. So, yeah, send me uh, me an email. Get in touch. Go to the website, eftm.com.au or uh, call 1-800-157-157. And I am just about to experience a beautiful light show here at the Marina Bay Sands. So um, spectacular stuff here in Singapore. Talking technology without the jargon. Your Your Tech tech Life with Trevor Long. And we do it all each and every week. Thanks to the good people at Garmin. Garmin Satellite Navigation, GPS Technology. Geez, they, um, they make great stuff. And um, without question, the, um, the, the Satellite Navigation is their primary product that you may know them for. Um, they make beautiful GPS units for the car. But don't forget their, uh, their Vivo Fit and Vivo Smart health and fitness bands. You wear them, they keep track of your steps, they keep track of your sleep. But more importantly, they set goals for you so that you can achieve um, great results in your health and fitness and, and, you know, do better, perform better, because, you know, just making five or 10,000 steps in a day is one thing, but actually knowing that you need to step more, knowing that you can be better at it um, is something that Garmin helps you do. So uh, well worth checking out. Range of Garmin products, you can check them out at garmin.com.au. All right, now I mentioned a couple of interviews I've got. The first one, Chet Pipkin. Founder and CEO of Belkin. What a top bloke. And um, it was great to sit down with him this week. And uh, I also got to present him with the EFTM Best Award for Best Gadget, the Belkin Wemo. So that was, that was great to really give that to the man that started the company. Um, it may only be a small thing in, in the global sense, but it was a great thing for me to be able to give him that award personally. Uh, much deserved. And, uh, yeah, um, here is my chat with founder and CEO of Belkin, Chet Pipkin. So welcome to Australia, Chet. Um, tell me, I find Belkin a very interesting interesting company because different people have different associations with the brand, yeah? Probably the largest percentage actually just think of you as an iPhone case maker. I think of you as probably more of a home networking and now into the home automation space. How does that happen? How does a company go from being one thing to another and actually somewhat diversify so much? Yeah, so broadly speaking, um, we're actually really specific in anything and everything we do. And uh, the way we think about things is, what are the experiences that we wanna have as people? Mm. And with the current state of tech, what experiences are we allowed to have out of that? And then we think about those gaps that exist between what it is we really wanna do as people Mm. and what we're sort of allowed to do and so as an organization, we are hard at work filling those gaps, allowing us to have the experiences we want. And so to help people think about us, now think about us from the point of view of three brands. Belkin, around accessories and peripherals around smartphones, tablets, and computing. Mm-hmm. Linksys, increasingly around networking. And of course, Wemo is our point of view around anything and everything with smart home, connected home, and the internet of things. And is that that idea of filling a gap? Is that where the company started um, all those years ago? Was it, and it's a somewhat um, 
sounds crazy, but it's somewhat typical um, uh, tech story, isn't it? The the garage startup. Um, what was it? What was what was the first thing for Belkin? Yeah, so it it really was um, all around people and how we can do some meaningful things for them. At the same time, it looked like the PC marketplace was going to explode. And we said precisely that. What are the gaps that people might be experiencing and how can we help? So we spent a lot of time with people in com computer stores, figuring out what, 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 what the gaps were. We worked hard to fill them in an elegant way and we've been hard, hard at work at that ever since. So fast forward all these years, um, and you know, the Belkin team here know I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Wemo and, and I've just um, shown you the, uh, the award for best gadget that we at EFTM gave Wemo. You know, I find it to be quite a quite a fundamental shift in, in technology. People have always associated technology with just the, the computer at home or these days the smartphone, but ever increasing is the is the conversation we need to have about what those things can enable. Um, is, is this a space that we are only going to see explode in terms of Wemo? I mean, we were at CES last year. We'd seen the light switches. We saw the, um, the switches. We saw light bulbs. We saw pressure cookers. Um, is this just a space that is still ripe for huge explosion or, or are we or are we already seeing the, the growth of it kind of plateau yeah we think that this is going to be overwhelmingly huge and that all of us are just barely be i'm getting to uh, scratch the surface of it um and this is all about experiences that we want to have as people mm -hmm. so how do i allow myself to not come home to a dark house mm -hmm. how do i give myself the peace of mind that my lights are not burning when it's daylight and I'm not at them home. Well, the, well the, the iron's turned off because we plug the iron into a into the same switch all the time. That, what, what, what that though? That's exactly right. Or I, I need to be working at home in my office, but how do I keep an eye on my kids? Mm. Or even be able to have some awareness of what's taking place when I'm not at home. Mm. What was the first reaction to your, because your kids, your family must get to see the cool stuff. You must bring it home. The, the engineers work on stuff. You've got to bring it home. You've got to, as the man behind the company, you've got to test it. You've got to use it. What was the first reaction when you showed, your family especially, the fact that you could turn the lights or, or a PowerPoint on and off with your smartphone? Yeah, so uh, we have seven kids, and uh, whether they... For that, you should be awarded. <laughs> I think that that award goes to my wife. <laughs> and um, uh, so they are great kids, and they are... I'm also uh, free, although maybe not so free, because there's college education <laughs> and all that, R&D for us. So yeah. exactly what it is UM say happens day in and um, day out. And when items were first connected to the Wemo software ecosystem, and I began both to use that app, and there were sensors where things were happening just, just when they entered the uh, room, uh, it, it was probably the biggest moments of surprise and delight I had seen uh, during the 30 years of being active with the Belkin, and it was the validation that we knew that we were onto something really big. The kids are good validation like that, aren't they? I've seen that in my kids when I first showed them uh, at a lamp, um, and my little two-year-old at the time, Harry, would stand there, and we had friends around, and he would stand there, and he would be like a magician, you know, one, two, three, and on the three, the light would come on. Now, he had no idea that Dad was turning it on from his smartphone, but the look on his face was just priceless, 
And I, I get that same look, though. Um, we demonstrated this recently on, on, on the Today Show. And you get that same look from people who've just never seen it before. Because even though, you know, you've seen it for years, I've used it now for, for well over a year, there's still a huge percentage of the population that don't know it exists. And that is both challenging because we've got to get the message out, but also quite rewarding because you must get great delight out of seeing that reaction on people's face. Yeah, we um, do, and um, it uh, gives us a lot of respect and admiration for our teams that are doing all of this tough engineering to uh, be able to make this work. And doing the complicated work behind the scenes to make this such an approachable, easy, simple user experience for um, folks. And it's not about the tech. It's about these experiences experiences we want to have as people and make it very easy for us to be able to have these experiences. So with the crystal ball on the table, um, we talk a lot about the Internet of Things, which again is a great industry term, but very difficult for the average punter to understand. And I think that uh, look, my, the example I've given your team, let alone uh, I'll share again here, is um, I, I wear a Jawbone Up, which is this fitness tracker, and, and in the morning when I press the button to say, I'm awake now because I want to record my, my sleep accurately, it sends a signal to the internet, which tells Jawbone to, to stop my, my sleep recording, but it also sends a signal to another service called If This Then That, you'd be well aware of, obviously, which then turns a light on downstairs for me, which in certain months of the year is a lifesaver because that Lego is really, really painful when you stand on it. I just can't yet begin to imagine what is coming with that connectivity of devices. Is that, I mean, with the greatest respect, you, you must be a very wealthy man, you must be a very happy man. You don't need to work, right? That must be the kind of stuff that gets you up in the morning, is it? Well, uh, I, I may not need to work from a financial need, mm. but I feel an overwhelming need to be a part of our um, community around the globe and if we can play a small part into allowing people to uh, make their lives um, a little bit better, uh, I feel an overwhelming need to uh, be able to um, do that. And it's fun. And we think um, that anything and everything in our lives will be able to be Wiimode. And that's the way we um, talk about that. Hey, I have lights. Can I Wemo that? Mm -hmm. I have things that I want to have happen when I wake up. Can I Wemo that? Mm. I need to slow down or speed up my um, cooking. Can I Wemo that? <laughs> and it is all about the things in my life that um, can be Wemoed, with no mention of the um, internet of the things, yes. but, okay. but, but very, very much about the experiences I want to have as a person. And can I Wemo that? And we haven't found anything yet. We um, can't Wemo. <laughs> and does that does that go towards your philosophy, which which has to exist around how open or closed the ecosystem is? Because obviously there's an overwhelming need to be secure and, and, and cautious with people's networks and and things. Um, but there's also uh, there must be a real drive to have a have a connectivity around the devices so that other people can Wemo things in your own term. Yeah, that is exactly right. So. There's a really healthy, positive tension that exists be, um, between having this system completely open, mm -hmm. and we've written all of the software to be a very open architecture to uh, support anybody and, and um, anything, but I'm also recognizing that this can be a very daunting 
uh, prospect for folks that, hey, I'm expecting this to be a really complicated thing. I'm expecting it to I'm not work well. I'm expecting it to be I'm hard to set up. So the way that we talk about it, while the software architecture is completely open, we curate every experience, whether it's a device that we make as Wemo or it's a partner device in the Wemo ecosystem, we curate it first so that people know and can have the trust in that this is going to be an easy to approach solution that um, I can install in just a few minutes and it's gonna be easy and it's gonna work. Yeah. That's how it gets the Wemo badge. Uh, that is right. Just quickly, two, two final things. Obviously the Linksys part of things comes into it when you realize that the home, the connected home is quite useless without solid connectivity. Um, and and that does that does that play into the Linksys acquisition? I mean, the need to have the strongest and kind of best level of networking behind these things. You can't really rely on the, the rest of the world, you know, the rest of the companies doing that right, but also there's a stake to be had in that huge home home network environment. Yeah, uh, I would say you're, you're thinking about things in the right way. First and foremost, um, Wemo is architected in um, such a way where it will work on, on, on um, anyone's router and um, it'll work really, really well. That being said, we recognize that as all of us have more D devices that we are hooking up to the um, internet, whether it's our smartphones, tablets, TVs, uh, on and on and um, on, the critical nature of making sure that 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 we have really robust Wi-Fi signals and platforms at home is more important than ever, and it's going to get even more critical to um, all of us. So there will be a lot of great solutions from a lot of great brands, but yeah, we think that it's critical that we also lead by example and getting that really right through Linksys. And based on that, do, do you do you have challenges within the customer support, let alone product teams around the education around a home network? In fact, it was... Um, uh, I, don't, I don't know how you describe him, Patrick Lowe. I was going to call him a, a peer or a colleague, but you know, the the boss of Netgear, in fact, was the first to tell me something that has stuck with me quite well, which is your your Wi-Fi network is only as good as the worst device on it. And the tragedy around that is, I still talk to people every week who have this problem with their network, and it's because they've got a five-year-old something on the network. And that kind of stuff can affect this this overall approach. So, you know, I guess the challenge over the next few years for us all is, is the conversation around the strength and reliability of your network if you're going to get into this space with, with home automation like Wemo. Yeah, it's, um, it's a theme for us, broadly speaking. Um, so I think as we think about Wi-Fi networks over time in the, in the, in the future, um, you're uh, going to see uh, brands like Linksys being able to offer a really robust solution um, uh, even if you have got some legacy items on that uh, network. And I think in the early days, we just didn't imagine that there would be so many de devices that are active, our smartphones, tablets, and so many headless de 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 devices, things, 
things like Wemo. So as our eyes get open, I love that term. <laughs> and that is what they are. Um, and our eyes get open to uh, what the future is really going to um, look like. And so then you, then you see uh, us and I think all of us doing a better job in that area. Seven kids. What, what is, what's the age range? Yeah, so uh, we have six boys uh, that uh, range in age from uh, 27 to um, 17, and they're having birth birth uh, days right about now, so I have to think about that for a second. And uh, and then we adopted a girl as a, as a, as a teen, and uh, so Lisa's now got three kids of um, her own. So that leads me to my last question. How many devices on the Pipkin Home Network? So I'm, I'm up there, I've got 30. I peak at 30. 30 is the maximum con- connected at one time. I'm sure there's more in the home, but most evenings it's around 30. Come on, what's the number in the Pipkin home? So you're pretty good. You uh, rank very, very well. And <laughs> I will share with you that I thought that when I lit up Lynx's smart Wi-Fi and I got the um, count, I was going to have 17, yeah. and it was 37. <laughs> I feel very, yeah. very strong in that count then as a result. You're uh, right there in there. All right. Chet Pipkin, uh, CEO of Belkin, thank you very much for your time and uh, hope you enjoy your time in Australia. Uh, thank you very, very much for yours. It's great to see you and look forward to seeing you again. Yeah, great to chat to Chet and uh, really appreciate his time this week. The other great man I uh, had a chat with this week was, he's an Aussie guy. You won't believe that when you hear his accent, but uh, it is true. He's an Aussie. He's one of several Aussie executives at Lenovo. Um, and we talk about the global nature of that company and its executive structure. David Ramon is in town uh, to launch a very strong push from Lenovo into the retail market in Australia for consumers, uh, as well as the Yoga 2 and the Yoga Pro 3 devices. Beautiful products they're making at Lenovo right now, um, along with their product engineer, Ashton Kutcher. Um, great to chat with him, and um, you know I really enjoyed sitting down with him. Hopefully you enjoyed my chat with David Ramon. Thanks for your time, David. Um, talk me first about you and your role. How long have you been with Lenovo? Because you've got a pretty pretty exciting history before you even came to Lenovo. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's it's been five years now, and I joined uh, I joined from HP, and Lenovo was just very exciting. I mean, we just saw this company that sort of almost seemed to come out of nowhere. And of course, very strong on the commercial side, but all of a sudden, these really exciting technologies, you know, great consumer products. And, um, and in fact, Lenovo has just been on a tear. It's been growing much faster than everybody else. You know, for the last five years, we've become number one worldwide in PCs. We're sort of rapidly becoming a major player in tablets. We're number three worldwide in tablets. You're growing dramatically in phones. So uh, a lot of growth in the company, very exciting place to be. And why did you choose marketing over radio? Because you have basically the <laughs> John Law's voice. I mean, when you started speaking out there, I went, oh my God, it's lawsy. Have you, did you ever have a career in, in, in speaking? <laughs> You know, in marketing, that's what we do. We talk. So. <laughs> Lenovo, I, I, my, my history with Lenovo goes back quite a way. Um, I, um, in, a, in a different role when I was um, producing sport on the radio, um, many years ago I went to Beijing and I actually toured Lenovo's, I don't know if it's headquarters, but certainly a, a large office in Lenovo back uh, 2006 in the lead up to the Beijing Olympics, which was a big thing for Lenovo. They had you know corporate sponsorship and things there. And back then they were talking about themselves being this huge brand in China and wanting to expand globally. It's quite an amazing thing that a company can go from being you know so huge in, in such a market like that and actually gain global dominance. You talk today about having 20% of the PC sales. 20% is a massive chunk, let alone being number one. 
It is, and I, but I, I think you know, it's 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 the, the the leadership at Lenovo really recognized very early on that in this day and age, the only way any business can succeed long term is to be truly global, and so Lenovo set out you know, very specifically to yeah. do that. Um, you know, back then in two thousand and five, sort of acquired the IBM PC group. Yeah. And, and really merged the company, so brought in a lot of talent from that. that. Since then, we've sort of incorporated some other acquisitions. And it's been built as a very global company, so yeah. it's everywhere around the world. And once you start to do that, there's growth everywhere. There's growth in China, well, apart from China, yeah. there's, there's Russia, there's Brazil, there's India, Australia, of course, yeah. which is you know, a small market, but a very valuable market. Why is Australia valuable? Because you're right, it's small, yeah? 22 million people, um, you know, we are early adopters, but wh why do companies look at Australia and go, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna focus there because it's important to us? It seems, it seems uh, like it wouldn't be the case given our size, but it does feel that way with a lot of companies. Well, in our case, you know, two reasons. You know, for the first reason is because I'm Australian and I can't stand the fact that you know, we're not number one here, so we have to do that. But the uh, other reason is Australia is, it, and this is not just in our industry, but in many industries, is a very significant market because it's a very sophisticated market. The way technology is used and adopted is, is very sophisticated. You have virtually all of the competitors from around the world that are operating here. Mm. So it's a very indicative market. When you win in Australia and when you succeed in Australia, you wow. tend to develop the right approach, the right products. It allows us to leverage um, you know, marketing material and things from English yep. language um, uh, speaking countries. We can take things from Australia elsewhere. Um, also, there are a lot of executives, you know, in, in the case and of Lenovo. That's a really interesting thing, and I, I found that um, it seemed at first to be a kind of a tokenistic thing to talk about at the presentation, but then it seemed to make absolute logical sense when you talk about a global company. And, it, and it's right, and it's not having a go at other companies, but other companies do have a huge executive approach from their home country, whereas you have, was it five different nations represented at the at the top level and seven at the next level and even more at the next? It's it's very unusual to see such a global representation, let alone Aussie representation in a company. And does that come through in literally in executive conversations around why things need to be certain ways? It, it really does. It really does. I mean, you have other companies, often diversity is one of those things that's driven by HR. At Lenovo, it's just the way we work. And so people come from different countries, from different industries, from different backgrounds. Um, and you know, we have to resolve all of the issues internally. And that means that then we end up with the right solutions to bring to a global market outside. So I think it works very well for us. Now, uh, a little over, a, or about a year ago, um, Ashton Kutcher was revealed as a, you know, kind of a face for Lenovo, let alone um, the tag of product engineer. And he's here everywhere. There's, there's photos of him everywhere. He was here by live live video link, which was excellent. Um, to hear his passion today, I think, even though the, the link was patchy because of the world of internet that we have here in Australia, it was actually very interesting to hear the passion from a bloke about a product. Are you ta do you take credit for the Ashton Kutcher, um, you know, involvement in Lenovo being CMO or, or or not? And you know, his passion for the product does that create an extra level of um, uh, of stress for the act for the actual engineers designing things? Because there's a level of clout clout that he actually brings to an idea, isn't there? He really does, and and and, and you know, I. I won't speak on behalf of the engineers. Um, I did meet with him uh, last June, actually, and just talking to him just found that he was really looking for a partner that would let him build a product. And that was a surprise. We didn't think about that. And it just really clicked. We loved him. I mean, he just had such an energy, such a passion for doing it, such an interest in technology. 
he's the one that asked to be called a Lenovo product engineer, which was the last thing I, we would ever have thought. You might have thought he'd want ambassador or whatever it might be, but product That's engineer. Right, we thought advisor, something like that. No, he wanted to be a Lenovo product engineer. The first thing he did when he, when we announced him last October, was actually to go to China and spend two days in the uh, in the labs basically with engineers learning about the products learning what they're doing for the new products that was literally the, his, his his first approach to how he does it now keep in mind you know ashton was studying uh, engineering yeah. um you know when he became a male model which was more fun than being an engineering student obviously sure, but he uh, yeah that's right <laughs> but um but he has an engineering mindset he loves it he's very involved in technology through his investment firm um so you know He's a plus has actually been a very successful yeah. VC firm. He's he's he he he's at all the technology conferences. Um, his main focus is on internet software and sort of new cool things. So he's he's really a genuine technologist. He's genuinely passionate, and as people could see uh, in the presentation here, he just loves building products. Let's talk about the the yoga tablet. The um the one thing that came through for me today was the the evolution in the product based partly on feedback i mean essentially the the yoga tablet was so innovative in itself you know a, a tablet with a kickstand a, a long battery life a very unique feel to it with the kind of grip approach it was a very different product and then to see ashton kutcher today talk about simple somewhat incremental but probably quite uh, quite enormous uh, changes in terms of engineering things like the sound things like the the ability to move the kickstand on, on multiple levels um you know things like the screen it sounded like Genuinely, and I mean this genuinely, it sounded like it actually went through a what what could it do better, what maybe doesn't it do so well process, and those those things were actually ticked. Whereas with many products on the market, you must look at them. But you don't have to comment on it, but you must look at them and think it's it's just thinner or it's just different. It's it's not actually a change in the product. Whereas you can hang the yoga now from from a from a hook. You're absolutely right, and um, and I, it's it's been a conscious process you know, as a as a company. We're saying especially in today's world you know with the internet we just have to get much closer to our customers we have to you know let our customers actually help us yep. develop the products that they want for the things that they want and when you see these things and you're absolutely right the hang mode um you know it's so simple and when it's there it's so obvious but you don't think about that until somebody tells you and tells you i've been using the product and i like to put it somewhere and, and literally we had this photo actually of a user that sent us the photo the the the, um, the the yoga tablet sticky taped you know to a chair and and then just said if you had a hole in the thing it could work and that's uh, that, that's how I hope that person been sent one um, let's talk about marketing um, it seems the the clear strategy that I, that I took out of today um, from both your, both your local team and the global team is is a huge push in Australia to become num number one and, and to work towards a huge consumer base because consumer is not a place you've been for a long time you've been very strong in the business sense um, very interesting and important I think to have the, the, the relationships with Harvey Norman and JB Hi-Fi so essentially for an average Average consumer who's walking in to buy a, an ultrabook or, or a tablet then they're going to see a different experience in those stores through a more branded branded environment is that correct absolutely and um, you know both 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 the retailers have been you know great to work with to make sure that you really do get to to, to, to experience the product the right way because you know these are different products and if you just see them lined up against other notebooks against other tablets you wouldn't have an idea of what they they really can do so in both cases we've got specialized displays set up so that you can actually experience the product 
at, uh, at we no longer call it point of purchase, we call it point of play, because you know, that's where you get to see how it works differently. And that, incidentally, is why we didn't want to rush the, the launch in Australia. We wanted to make sure that we could have the right retail. So rather than three weeks ago just going, yeah, it's, it's available, work through the retail channels and make sure people can hear about it and go and buy it. Uh, th- absolutely, and and even you know more than that. I mean, you know, we we could have come to the market you know, a year ago with other products. We said, let's do this the right way. Australia is a sophisticated market. We want to come in with a solution that really is a high-end solution that is very well differentiated, with a strong relationship with a few key partners that are going to help us bring that experience to users, so that we we start off the right way. Um, and that's that's been the the thinking behind it. And you know, we'll see how it works. But how do you in marketing? determine the success of a of a campaign like the the do campaign which has been around now for i'm going to say two and a half years it feels probably even longer maybe three um and but it seems to be sticking strong you seem to be solid with it how do you judge the success of something like that is it is it in the way consumers react to the products or just in in the way you're able to execute the brand you know we we actually have physical tracking so we we look at uh, we do surveys every month actually with the target audience um, we see how people c- perceive us vis-a-vis the competitors. So we do track that very literally. But I think in general, you know, when you look at the, at, at the effect that you want to have is today you know, consumers or users in general, it's not just consumers, I think professional users as well, expect their brands to, to give them something more than just products. They want their brands to reflect the way they look at the world. They want them to reflect their aesthetic values. They want them to reflect their functional values. They want the brands to stand behind the products, so they want to be able to trust the functionality of the products. So there is a relationship. And, of course, it's at different levels. You know, not everybody wants to engage every day with the, 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 the brand behind it. But you know, more and more, and especially as we look at the youth market, you know, we see users who want to have that access to the company, they want the company to reflect some of their values, and so you can't be an anonymous, amorphous sort of you know, business corporation that is somewhere there behind the products. So the brand is a combination of the products, because obviously in technology the products are, are the key thing that, uh, that, that people interact with, but also the right position of company behind those products. And you build that over time. It's a, a relationship, it's built on trust, it's built on an ongoing experience. That's why, for example, the retail experience becomes very important because we may have great products, we may say great things about them. If you have a very poor experience the first time you go and try out the product at, at retail, then that's going to reflect on the relationship with us. It's so. critical, isn't it? Because you walk into a, a Harvey Norman, a JB Hi-Fi, and they, they are challenged with selling a lot of different um, products, and they are often lined up side by side, and uh, often, you know, when I get calls from people on the radio wanting to know what what to look for in a, in a, in a device, um, you know, there's, I've talked to Kate Burley about, you know, processes and all the different things they need to they need to know, but one of the critical things is to pick it up and feel it and hold it and use it, and unfortunately, most people just look at them and, and see them side by side, and with a product like the Yoga Pro, you, this is a this is a ultra book but it's convertible so it does so many other things so you've got the challenge at the retail level not just for the display but the retail um, staff to understand and to demonstrate to people how it can work um, that the the staff training part of it becomes just as challenging but you're backing that with a, a large marketing campaign as well in Australia we are we are and um, and you're absolutely right I mean that the experience is at point of purchase now there is something else that we see more and more especially with the um, with uh, with young people, 
is the word of mouth experience of other users that are using the product, giving their immediate feedback on what they did with it, what worked, what didn't work, how they liked it. And so curating that and helping give access to all of that information is also very, very important to us. But a combination of all of that, of saying, as a brand, you know, we want to take ownership of you know, getting the right experience to all of our users up front rather than just letting it happen randomly and hoping that it will work out the right way. So what's the, what's the target for Australia in, in 12 months, 24 months in terms of Lenovo? Where do you want to be? <laughs> Lenovo always has one target, which is to become number one. <laughs> and not because you know, we, we, we particularly you know, believe that we have to, 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 to sort of be ahead of everybody else. It's just that we continue to roll out great products. We continue to grow faster than the industry. And so eventually you, know, you get to a leadership position in the space. How we get there, how long it takes us, I don't know. We'll have to, to go through with the Australia team. We see potential for huge growth in Australia. Uh, we today are very strong in the professional commercial side uh, with these products. We, uh, we're, we're pretty confident that we'll start to grow rapidly in the consumer side. And um, one of the m key things that we see in technology is when people really like a product and they like the brand, uh, they become loyal to the product. They come back, they, they sort of look at other products, they talk to other people about them. If we start to get that on the consumer side, as we today have it on the professional side, we think that we, we could have very, very high growth in Australia. So last thing, you've got, um, you've got a consumer, um, let's say just a, an average parent who's just looking to replace their computer at home. They're, they're going to get a, an Ultrabook, they're going to get a laptop, they're going to look at that kind of product. What, what, are the, what are the two things you recommend they do when they go into a, a Harvey Norman or a JB Hi-Fi in terms of making sure that they, they understand truly what, the, what your products are offering them? I think the first thing is that you should really think you know, very, very, very carefully, and sort of you know, put some thought into what are you going to do with the uh, with the product. I mean, you you get technology to do something, and um, when you just look at technology in abstract terms, and then people tell you the features and all of that, it doesn't really mean that much. If you know what you want to do with it, then the salesperson can help you know, direct you towards a product that is actually going to do something for you. You can find out more on the, on the internet, you can find out what you really need, but the, the, the better sense you have of things that you could likely do with the product, the more easily you can make the choice of what you need. It's the use case that's most important that people often overlook. They look at price or, or product. Well, f um, congratulations on the launch. It feels like it's the start of something in, in Australia. It feels like more than just a product launch to me. And uh, I think that's exciting for Lenovo. And, um, you know, thank you and, and, and hope you enjoy your time here. Thank you very much. Well, who couldn't enjoy their time? It's so wonderful. So really enjoy being in Sydney. Thank you. Alright, that's a wrap here from Singapore and episode 258 of Your Tech Life. We'll be back again next week. Do get in touch if you've got a question, a problem, or you want to have a chat about anything technology. Go to the website eftm.com.au or um, just give us a call 1-800-157-157. Anytime you like, jump on Twitter at Trevor Long, twitter.com forward slash Trevor Long. Great to hear from you. If you get time, jump onto iTunes, uh, rate the show, rate the podcast so that other people can find it and leave a comment. Fantastic when you do that. I really appreciate it. It means a lot, and uh, it means a lot to hear from you on the email or the Twitter um, any way, any time. Thanks for getting in touch, and uh, thanks for listening. Your Tech Life. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, Your Tech, Tech Life. Life with Trevor Long.